Mikael Lydholm. Welcome to the podcast Simplify to Clarify by BVD Stockholm. Thank you. Uh, you are head of research at IKEA. And the topics we are we want to explore is uh, what simplicity means for you as a person mm-hmm. and in your working life. Uh, but before we set on the journey to simplicity, uh, we let our guests choose a location. And in my opinion, we are sitting in the, one of the most beautiful buildings in Stockholm. Mm. Uh, where are we? We are at the uh, library, Stockholm Library. <laughs> and uh, uh, the architect is Gunnar Asplund, which I think is quite well known uh, all over the world, actually. <gasps> And why did you choose this location? I chose it, uh, yeah, I think uh, for many reasons. One reason is that since I was a child, this has actually been one of my favorite buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think uh, Asplund, the time when he was uh, 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 designing this this, uh, library and other fantastic buildings as well, I think it's an interesting time because during that period, uh, we went into uh, classicism, into uh, funct- function- functionalism, yeah. functionalism. Mm. Uh, and I think that's sort of where the simplicity journey starts in a way, yeah. anyway, in Sweden. Mm. And, and I think the connection between IKEA and Gunnar Asplund is uh, it's a hidden, <laughs> it's a hidden connection, but it is not far away between IKEA and Gunnar Asplund. Because Gunnar Asplund was one of the main architects uh, behind the home exhibition 1917, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was the Svenska Hemslöjtsföreningen, Swedish Association of Home Craft, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Arts and Craft, I yeah. think it is, yeah. And he intended to show uh, on this exhibition the modesty price and functionality and, and the simple room settings. Mm-hmm. And, and he wanted a low price furniture to do the people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's quite a good start for mm-hmm. Ingmar Kamprad and Ikea. So Absolutely, even though this was uh, much earlier, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Ikea was founded in uh, 1943. But uh, anyway, uh, absolutely, it was a f- uh, foundation, you can say, yeah. for a movement mm. uh, with uh, uh, democratization, with uh, good design for people, yeah. and also going away from uh, Sweden at that time before, mm. as was a quite poor country, actually. Uh, and it was not uh, uh, sort of equal between uh, different uh, people in the society. So I think uh, the Social Democrats in Sweden started this movement. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, Ingvar Kamprad was uh, sort of uh, part of that movement. Mm-hmm. And there's a saying actually that Per Albin Hansson, the uh, former Swedish uh, prime minister, he created what what uh, is called Folkhemmet in Swedish, the Folkholm. Uh, and then Ingvar Kamprad furnished it. Mm. That's kind of a saying in Sweden, many mm. people see it like that. You have been working at IKEA since 81, mm. and then you went away to some other places and mm-hmm. then came back at... I have started three times, actually. Three times? <laughs> yeah, but uh, all in all, I have worked more than 25 years. So this is years. the third round. Yeah, <laughs> That's yes. great. And how has it changed since you started? Yeah, first of all, I mean, 81, we were compared to now, a much smaller company. Um, I mean, now we are in 47 markets and we are growing massively uh, every year. And we will, uh, uh, until uh, 
yeah, the coming 10 years we will uh, be twice as big according to our plans. So I think one challenge has been over those years is actually to grow as a company. That means also that you put layers and layers when it comes to management levels. Uh, it also means that the whole everything become becomes more complex mm. in a way. The more countries, the more languages you add on, uh, yeah, the more comp- uh, with logistics and uh, and everything, and also to cater for all kinds of uh, functionality needs and so on uh, in different parts of the world. So you need to add uh, number of article numbers. You need to add, yeah versions of the catalog etc etc so, so how do you keep this uh, simplicity yeah, thing I, I think we have uh, our founder Ingvar Kamprad mm-hmm. uh, he had written down something that he called the testament from a furniture dealer mm-hmm. and it's a very very good uh, sort of document uh, with 10 points um, that guides the rest of us at Ikea uh, in, in if an approach, a philosophy in how we're going to run the company, you can say. And one of those uh, points is called uh, um, uh, simplicity is a virtue. Uh, And that describes sort of that uh, uh, IKEA shall always be an inclusive company. IKEA are for the many, the many people as we call it. Uh, And that means that no matter what kind of education you have, what age you have, what kind of language you speak, uh, what interest you have in home furnishing uh, or, uh, you know, in in our case, if you are a co-worker, if you work uh, in the warehouse, if you work uh, uh, as a strategist or as a manager or whatever, in the cash line or as a salesperson or uh, wherever, you should always be able to understand, for example, strategies that we are writing for the company. So it should be a language has, that is inclusive, that everyone understands, no bureaucratic words, no fancy words, you know. Uh, uh, and I think that's a good example of uh, how everyone in the company uh, should sort of be able to look into whatever area and have a possibility to understand things. That also means that you, you need to cut away. You need to cut away uh, complicated words. Uh, you need uh, to uh, take away text to, to make it simple. We have this uh, saying that... Uh, uh, if it doesn't fit in an A4 <laughs> size of paper, it's not worthwhile because no one's going to read it anyway. And who uh, who have the interest of having binder after binder after binder in row uh, with a lot of papers that no one reads anyway? So I think uh, simplicity um, uh, simplicity in that sense is is something that is really alive. But the more we grow, the more we need also to remind ourselves about that it is important to simplify. Is simplicity a common thread throughout your professional lives, uh, life? Yeah, I would say yeah. maybe more my professional life yeah. than my private life, uh, even though I think, uh, I mean, you can't really split up that too because mm. you are one person, kind mm. of, then you can bring up uh, different things in, in what you're doing. But for sure, in my professional life, absolutely. Because you started at <coughs> IQ in '97, and then you moved to brand director position at uh, Philippa Co. I started at IKEA '81. '81. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, and um, uh, I started as a trainee, so I started mm. very, very young. Mm. Yeah. Then I've been. Uh, uh, then I started uh, at uh, Philippa K, and uh, which is a Swedish uh, fashion brand. Uh, and I think. 
like uh, it wouldn't have been that many fashion brands that I could actually work for. But Philippa K, I think uh, they stand for simplicity to a very, very high degree. Uh, they have no shown uh, labels. Uh, they have very, very clean lines. Uh, the design is created to be long-lasting for your eyes, so mm. to speak. But also the qualities are, are really, really... Um, they are really good. Mm. Uh, so you get a lot of, of high value for your money, so to speak. Um, so I think that sort of philosophy is... Uh, and I mean in the advertisement, in... in uh, the design of the stores, everything is very, very simplified. Yeah. Have you pushing simplicity too far when you were working at uh, Philippa K or somewhere else? Too far, yeah. I guess I have. Uh, <laughs> uh, now and then. Um, and I think if you look at IKEA as well, I mean, the whole concept is about simplifying. Mm. It is to take away... Uh, Things that doesn't add value to the customer. Uh, it is, and that is uh, everything from production to the design of the products, um, how you can integrate and involve people in the, the whole process. And uh, maybe there we we at IKEA have taken things uh, too far. Sometimes we okay. have added too much effort on the customers now and then. Mm. Uh, in sort of in line with that we want to simplify things to uh, cut cost which gives uh, lower prices for, for customers but sometimes we have maybe done it uh, too good so to speak and then we get people's reaction on uh, that uh, hey we are actually not prepared of doing this and this uh, step you know so then we need to adjust and, and, uh, and so on. That's interesting uh, we can go back to IKEA mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, a big trend, a huge trend right now is to um, simplifying your life to own less things and uh, you have capsule wardrobes projects and you want to live in a smaller apartments and houses and you want to have less consuming habits and everything like that. Uh, and the website also is uh, overwhelmed almost with all, uh, like project is uh, all to call it all I own in one photography mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, the wardrobe projects like 333 which is a famous wardrobe projects and 30 day challenge to simplify your home and so on mm. where is IKEA in this trend? Yeah we are working a lot with it uh, mm. especially with the expansion that we have uh, in many big markets I mean we are expanding uh, massively in China we will enter India now uh, our stores in Moscow is doing really, really well, uh, and so on. So it's big cities, and in big cities, people actually, yeah, uh, honestly, they can't afford to live on on uh, too big, <laughs> in too big apartments because uh, it's so expensive. Uh, and therefore, we of course need to cater for coming up with solutions and products that are multifunctional mm -hmm. that. They should be possible also to to um, uh, be used in different parts of the home. So multifunctionality, flexibility, fluidity, uh, blendable design, uh, so that the, the IKEA products also could fit with what people already have. Uh, Do you have a favorite among these multifunctional product? 
I think a lot of the very very basic stuff mm. uh, actually 365 plus series for example is a very, is designed to be very long lasting mm. and both in the quality of it uh, the sort of functional uh, quality but also the design of it the look of it so that it should be blendable and it should be uh, possible to use. And I think those uh, different kind of storage uh, system, the, the IKEA kitchen system, for example, you don't have to have it only for kitchens. You can use it for many, I mean, all parts of the home, basically, where you need uh, a really, really good uh, functional uh, storage uh, solutions and mm. so on. So, yeah, I think there are many, many good examples. Mm. Because you have this, it's a bit of paradox in IKEA, I believe, uh, mm. because one of the paradoxes, on one side you have this almost overcluttered homes mm. because of IKEA, mm. because it's so easy to go to IKEA and buy things. Mm. And on the other hand, you have a lot of solutions mm. to overcluttered home. Mm. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit of paradox. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I think we, we need to face the movement yeah. uh, here, and also for, for the sake of Mother Earth, <gasps> that we actually can't continue to uh, sort of mass produce and, uh, and so on. Um, uh, when we mass produce, of course, we shall do it for a good purpose and we shall do it uh, in a sustainable way, both for the materials we are using, uh, for the production methods we are using, for the workers that actually produce it, mm. and all the way to the customers so that we can provide solutions um, for better health, <coughs> healthier and, and more mm. sustainable lifestyles, you mm. can say. So I think there's a movement, but we need we need to change and we need to uh, sort of embrace and see it as a possibility uh, for people and for Mother Earth, absolutely. Mm. And it's interesting if you go back to uh, Gunnar Asplund's tid, mm. 1910-1970, and uh, we were talking about this before, uh, if you have this... Um, Uh, before you have the family heirlooms was passing by from generation to generation mm -hmm. and from 1950-60 and onward you have, you have more of a consuming throwaway moment mm -hmm. if you can call it like mm -hmm. that and now we realize about the sustainability and we can't consume so much as we have mm -hmm. uh, do you see in the future where um, do you see a future where IKEA home furniture will go back to heirlooms and be passed from generation to generation again? Or do you see a future which maybe could be free from possessions? Or do you see something in between or something else? Yeah, first of all, I think it's easy to uh, look romantic backwards <laughs> and see that it was uh, so fantastic. I don't think it was that fantastic, actually, to be a young starting up family where actually your parents have saved money for 20-30 years to be able to to buy uh, a, a kit of furniture and then you were supposed to have that for the rest of your life. Uh, that was sort of uh, the thing. I, I don't think, uh, when you look at it, uh, I don't think maybe everyone felt that it was so positive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think, uh, yes, uh, for sure, uh, we are looking into this life cycle management and, uh, you know, looking into how can, how can our products... Uh, Uh, be more long-lasting and age gracefully yeah. um, and also we are looking into maybe you don't have to buy everything in the future maybe we can have rental solutions or you can share stuff with each other and uh, you can 
so we are working a lot with the different universities and uh, researchers and scientists and so on. Uh, and we are we 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 are doing some tests. We have, for example, an, an apartment in a in a city uh, where we uh, uh, set up. Uh, prototypes with new ideas and then we let people live in the apartments two weeks in a row uh, each for each family and then we are testing uh, we have sensors and we have different testing methods uh, to understand better how people actually are using uh, stuff for example we were nominated actually to index design award recently uh, with one of those solutions. It's a movable wall mm. with inbuilt uh, solutions and uh, a lot of possible, uh, like a Lego system almost, with possibilities to, within that frame in the movable wall, you can have uh, bed solutions, you can have storage solutions, you can have desktops, you, whatever. Um, and I think that's very much uh, the future. I'm a bit interesting about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you live? Yeah, first of all, we have moved. Uh, we have moved quite a lot over the years. Uh, I have three kids uh, together with my wife, and we have gr five grandchildren now. So we are quite a big family. Uh, and then with the son-in-law and, and daughter-in-law and so on. Uh, so now we actually live in a really big house uh, in the city center. It's an old professor house. It's a beautiful building from 1861 uh, with big rooms and smaller rooms and so on. Uh, but it was made, of course, uh, during a time where people lived uh, totally different lives than what, uh, what we live today. But we have uh, sort of adapted that home to be functional for, for our needs. But obviously it is too big for us now. We have four students living there as well. Uh, people come, students uh, that come from all over the world. Uh, we have no, no Swedish students actually. So we have made a thing out of having different uh, nationalities to, to get to know the world a little bit better. Invite the world into our home kind of. And it's nice to have young people in the home. Anyway, now we have sold the house uh, and we will move into an apartment uh, with uh, 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 three rooms and a kitchen. So it would be a major difference. Uh, so personally, uh, we will really sort of Uh, we need to simplify <laughs> our lives. What's your strategy here? <laughs> our strategy, I think it is to really look, take a hard look into what, of all the things we have, what matters to us most. What really, what kind of memories do we have with them? Um, uh, some stuff that we have inherited from, from uh, past generations and so on. Um, And I think actually it's uh, it's to free up yourself a little bit from all the stuff as well. I think it's uh, it could be good for my mental life kind of <laughs> uh, to not uh, have so many things to take care of. I yeah. must say, and then instead uh, travel a little bit more, be out in the nature, uh, go to uh, restaurants, go to the opera, yeah. theater, movie, and so on, uh, and live that kind of life. That's interesting because that's what people are talking about when mm. they um, clean out these overcluttered houses. Mm. Uh, because everything you have, who came into the houses, you have to take care about that. Mm. And you don't count on that time mm. in your time schedule. No. 
because everything you have to take care about. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Um, then on the other hand, I was uh, thinking of, because we have a quite big garden as well uh, in the city center, which is quite uh, unique. Anyway, and then I have learned over time that it's actually better if you fill the flower beds with a lot of flowers, then it's actually more simple to handle them rather than to have fewer plants in the garden. Then you need to take away all those nasty little extra <laughs> green stuff coming up. So in a way, it's it's the opposite. That If you really, really have flower beds with lots of flower, then it's simpler to take care of. That's interesting. <laughs> And probably more beautiful yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, After your long professional life with simplicity mm. and simplicity in your ordinary living as well, uh, do you have any, what do you call it, simplicity mantra or advice you always keep in mind and want to share to us? Mm. Yeah, I actually did, uh, I have done some sort of workshops uh, in line with that uh, in a way over the years. And one, one example of that is that you, for example, can take a lot uh, a lot of textiles with different uh, patterns and different uh, colors and, and styles and so on. And then you can see how you can mix them. And then you also can see if you maximize it, what kind of result do you get then? Uh, then it's obvious that it becomes so cluttered that it's almost impossible to see any pattern because uh, you see so many patterns at the same time that it's, uh, your eyes uh, start to get, uh, you know, uh, you get fizzy. Uh, as in, when you are in Firenze, uh, in Italy, in Florence, in Italy, uh, there's a saying that you actually get, can get fever because of all the beauty that overwhelms you. So uh, then you can have a workshop where you actually can take away. And then you can start to take away. And then you see, okay, when, when do you come to that uh, position where you have taken away enough things, but still you have... Uh, a good selection to choose from but you can see each and one of those individual uh, parts that's a way of sort of in in practice uh, see where you can find this balance in between that you simplify to clarify yeah. in a way yeah. yeah that was a good ending <laughs> thank you Mika thank you very much mm.